Hey everybody and welcome to a special episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and I'm only saying it's special because uh, we are in quarantine right now. Uh, we've gotten the stay-at-home order uh, from our local, uh, whatever you want to call it, local government. Uh, so we have uh, kind of been staying in place at home, and, and I'd be lying if I'd say we are uh, feeling a little stir-crazy, but overall not too bad. So I guess a, an update on where we are at. Uh, I'm currently working from home full-time right now, uh, and it has been interesting. It's been fun in a sense, and at the same time, though, uh, not a lot has changed. My wife and I are pretty big homebodies, so uh, we weren't really going out much anyway, but also we've been in the process of trying to find a house and sell our house which seems to finally be at the end. We did find a really amazing place uh, and a uh, close on it next month. And then I just finished up closing on our current place. But uh, in the meantime, we've still found some time for comics and cinema. And so, uh, as promised, the March Monthly Comic Book Club is here. And we are talking all about Thor. So, uh, what was chosen was a story that I read a long time ago, uh, quite some time ago, back when I was in high school, uh, which was called Thor Ages of Thunder. And uh, this is a tale by Matt Fraction, who, who uh, those of you may know from uh, such uh, such art pieces as um, Hawkeye, The Immortal Iron Fist, Sex Criminals, Odyssey, uh, and I'm sure there's others as well that I'm missing. Oh, he did a great run on uh, Iron Man as well. But this is a uh, it's a set of four one shots. And I will preface this by again, I had not read this since I read it in high school, uh, but I loved it when I was in high school. I really enjoyed it. And I was hoping that that would stick. My love for this story has dwindled since then, and I think uh, we'll go into that a little bit, but for those of you at home who are looking to find this on Marvel Unlimited, yes, it is there. Uh, the four one-shots are Thor, Ages of Thunder, Thor, Reign of Blood, Thor, Man of War, and then Thor, God-Size Special which uh, I guess is maybe an annual, but they're all they're all essentially one-shots. And the first three, Ages of Thunder, Reign of Blood, and Man of War, they all wrap into one story, so they're, they're essentially three parts of the whole. And uh, the God-Size special, uh, to me at least, it's kind of a tribute to, uh, to Scourge, which is cool. That, the God-Size special, and we'll get into it, is uh, very reminiscent of Thor Ragnarok, uh, the, the movie from Marvel Studios. But uh, So all of these, the art, art for Ages of Thunder is by Patrick Zercher. And uh, Kari Evans, same with Reign of Blood. Man of War is Patrick Zercher and Clay Mann. And then God Size Special is a bunch of different artists. It's Dan Barrington, Doug Braithwaite, uh, Mike Allred, and Miguel Angel Sepulveda. And uh, I'm really happy that I got to see some Mike Allred art. He's one of my favorite comic artists. Uh, a little weird to see him doing Thor, especially after the first three issues being as serious as they are. But nevertheless, hey, anytime that you get to see Mike Allred do comics is a sight to behold. So overall... And I'll get into some spoilers in this, obviously. This is a very old series. I think this came out in 2009. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking here, 2009. Um, 2008, I'm sure, is when it was coming out, too, the, the issues as well. So that was right, right before I graduated high school. But uh, what I like about this story 
is uh, this, I guess, is the good and the bad of this story. And depending on what kind of person you are, this is a really good Thor story about young Thor and kind of the mythos behind Thor itself, himself. So you know, everyone knows the story of Thor, or at least hopefully knows the story of Thor, which is uh, he's the god of thunder, son of Odin, uh, stepbrother Loki, and uh, he's got a magic hammer, Mjolnir, that uh, can help him command lightning. He's super strong, all this sort of stuff. But the, the tale of Thor is that when he was younger, he was an incredibly arrogant uh, person because he was young, he was brash, he thought he was invincible, and uh, you know, try to see how that he handles the coronavirus. That'd be interesting to see. But uh, so that, that that was the tale, right? Odin banishes him to Earth to Midgard uh, to learn humility, and that's the story, right? That's what you've seen in uh, Marvel Studios Thor as well. I cast you out. I take from you your power. And uh, whomsoever hold this hammer, if you be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. And then throws the hammer into the Bifrost as well, and they're both sent on their way. Uh, you know, Thor yells at his father, you are an old man and a fool. Uh, Odin yells at Thor, you are a vain, greedy, cruel boy. And that is essentially what this story is, except tweaked just a little bit. So each of these one-shots is sort of a a day, not a day in the life, but just a, a story of young Thor that culminates in him his moment of when Odin sends him to Midgard to learn humility. And if we're comparing stories, this one's better. And that's because we get to see how badass Thor is and how strong he is, how powerful he is. And then we have to cope with the fact of how arrogant and mean he is or how uncaring he is. Uh, so you get you get a little best of both worlds, I guess you could say. In the movies, it's the same, I would think. But like for me, at least, in the original stories, and I don't even know if that's comics or what issue that would be, but the whole like, oh, you know, he, he gets sent to Earth, he's Donald Blake, he's, a, he's a, um, a nurse now, all that sort of stuff, that's all well and good. But to me, I, I was more into Thor as a power figure. And I know a lot of people are just because, uh, especially from the movies, you've got all these earthbound characters like Iron Man and whatnot. And uh, it was just always nice to have Thor there as the person who is 10 times stronger than everybody else who can take on the Hulk, that sort of stuff. And so this, these stories show that. So the first one, Ages of Thunder, is a story uh, which actually is interesting. And all, all of these stories as well are told as parables. They're told as kind of like old wives tales like to me this is these are the kind of stories that you would read to your your kids uh, probably older kids <laughs> because there is still some sort of adult content in here in terms of you know Thor is definitely a ladies man and uh, also very violent but uh, the whole story most of it is told from a narrator's perspective so uh, this first story is about Thor and company fighting the frost giants and just decimating the frost giants and not only that though we get backstories on and focus on loki and enchantress so they are the three main people that all of these one shots focus on which is really interesting because i think obviously we get a ton of loki and we always get a ton of loki but enchantress is someone we don't dive into quite so often and there's some great Thor stories out there uh, with uh, Enchantress, but this is just a nice one because, again, this you're only reading four issues, so you're getting – this is the kind of book that you would share 
with somebody to say, hey, you know, you don't know a lot about Thor when he was younger, or you want to learn some Thor backstory and, and some other characters in Asgard, here, read this. Uh, that's to me what this is. This is kind of a history of Thor. And the art is insane. Patrick Zercher does such a good job uh, detailing these fights and uh, makes really clear how powerful Thor is. But so the story goes, uh, Thor and company are fighting these frost giants. They have breached a wall in Asgard and uh, a very big wall sort of thing. And there's some talk about that, like, oh, no one's ever breached these walls. And he defeats them, obviously. But the story for this first issue centers around the Enchantress. So uh, that's also what's really cool about these stories is Thor is present in all of them. And Thor is technically the main character, but he is always relegated to being a side character in all of these stories. So the story is usually focused on other people. And then it's like, oh, but how is Thor involved with this? And then that's how we get the Thor piece of it. So uh, they kind of go into the backstory of Enchantress and how her job is uh, she kind of tends this apple tree. And what's cool too is as each of these stories progress, there each one shot is in is in two parts. So there'll be an end part one, and then it goes into a part two. Each of these are dated by Ragnaroks. So for those of you that aren't aware, uh, the cycle of life and death for the Norse gods is Ragnarok, just like in Thor Ragnarok the movie. Uh, what happens is Asgard is destroyed, all the gods die, and then they are reborn, and that's the second Ragnarok sort of thing. So the first story takes place i think three ragnaroks i'm gonna have to yeah the era of the third ragnarok but then like part two of the story is uh i think 20 or no the 11th ragnarok and then it gets up to the point of like the 23rd ragnarok and that sort of thing it's pretty cool but the enchantress tends this apple tree and uh, she's the only one that can because uh, of her power and she only plucks the most vibrant golden apples and all of the gods feast on these apples to stay young to stay strong and they feast on them every day and so that's basically her job she picks these apples she loves doing it sort of thing thor on the other hand does not eat the apples he hoards them so he keeps all the apples his apples for himself he doesn't eat them when everyone else is eating them he saves them for before battles sort of thing so i guess you could say he's like a pack rat a little hoarder a squirrel a chipmunk but uh the god of chipmunks that'd be interesting it's more like squirrel girl but uh so what happens is now th this this wall in asgard has been busted and in the bifrost comes a earthman a mid a guy from midgard a mason with his horse and he says I can fix your wall, and I will gladly do it. You don't have to pay me. You don't have to do anything for me. I will fix this wall in one year, and if I do so, I want to have Enchantress as my wife. And it's like, bum, bum, bum. And it's like, whoa, man, whoa. <laughs> Classic uh, forcing someone into a marriage they're not happy about or they, they weren't wanting to be in. And so they, he, the, the gods are like, leave us. We'll, we need to discuss this. And so Loki and Odin are discussing. Obviously, they are not getting the Enchantress's uh, opinions in this, just like, you know, a lot of old tale stories where, you know, the woman is kind of relegated to the back, which is unfortunate. But you'll see as these stories go on that, uh, she gets her revenge but uh they say you know how can we guarantee that he doesn't get the enchantress but that we also get our wall built and so loki suggests what if we give him an even bigger task that he has to build this wall in six months with absolutely no help from 
any god uh, in Asgard. No meddling whatsoever, just him, his horse, and his tools. He has six months to do so, and if so, he can have the Enchantress, the sun, and the moon. Uh, so again, just like a kind of like a story that you would tell your kids. And so he accepts the offer and begins building and they start noticing as time goes on that oh no he is going to be able to get this wall built in six months and so odin's telling loki you you imbecile you idiot why'd you do this you need to figure out right now how uh you can have prevent this from happening without breaking any rules and so loki's you know scratching his head well okay no gods can meddle in his work he goes okay well then that technically doesn't include his horse because they didn't make the agreement with the horse so loki transforms himself into another horse into a mare uh and and uh, kind of lures the man's horse away on the last night uh, and that's kind of what Odin was saying. He's like, tonight at midnight, that's when six months hits, so you need to do this right now. So he does. And the next morning they get there, there are like five bricks missing from the top of the wall. And Odin comes out, well, well, well. Uh, looks like six months has come and gone, and you have not finished your wall. You have failed. You need to leave and go home. The deal's off, basically. And this guy's like, no, no, Loki did something. He tricked something. They're like, he's like, I don't know of any any trickery. Loki, have you heard of any? And he's like, no, I haven't either. And this guy's basically like, oh, well, this is complete garbage. I'm going to kill all of you. And he transforms into a, uh, a frost giant. So all along, it was a frost giant trying to take the enchantress for himself and uh, essentially ruin Asgard. And so at that point, uh, Thor shows up, and he shows up in the most badass way. Uh, and I'm trying to remember. I think this is uh, this might be in Thor: The Dark World when he's fighting one of the big creatures. But essentially, out of nowhere comes Thor's hammer, blows through this frost giant's skull, and uh, uh, kills him instantly. Lands in his hand, and he's like, "Well, that's over and done." And so then he kind of goes and fights more frost giants. And that's the end of the first, uh, the first one shot, Ages of Thunder. So it's kind of the story about bargaining and lying, and uh, and then at the, you know, he kills the the uh, the frost giants, and then says, uh, Loki, clean up this mess. And he says, I Thor, I. And that's the end of the first part of of the one shot, and not the one shot itself. The second part is Eleven Ragnaroks, or after Eleven Ragnaroks, Loki is uh, kind of been cast out and exiled in uh, the snow, and there's an eagle that is watching him from a tree. And the same, this is just the same sort of like children's story. He says, are you a horse's ear? And Loki's like, no, I'm not. And then he's like, are you a horse's hooves? And he says, no, Eagle, I'm not a horse's hooves. And he says, well, then you must be a horse's ass. <laughs> and that's as literally as he's like, I'll kill you. So, you know, he's going crazy, obviously. But so uh, the Eagle offers Loki a deal and says that he will feed Loki for 100 days and will fly Loki to the mouth of the Bifrost and pay Loki his own weight in treasure if only one thing is done. The Enchantress. This eagle also wants the Enchantress. So we're, we're having another thing where the Enchantress is uh, being bargained for. And so Loki tricks the Enchantress uh, and gives him to this eagle, which ends up being another frost giant. And now she's trapped at the frost giants. And the problem now is there are no more golden apples. They're rotting. The tree's rotting because the Enchantress is not there to maintain them. 
and other gods try to they can't the minute they touch an apple it just dies so it's specifically the enchantress who can kind of mend this tree and everyone's freaking out where is the enchantress we, we don't know and uh, odin says well hang on a minute uh why don't we go or loki loki of course right he suggests it he says well what about thor Thor, who so piously hoards his apples. Thor, who so jealously collects Iden's gifts to use at his own discretion. Iden being uh, the enchantress. Thor, who had remained so damned conspicuously absent ever since the enchantress went missing. This is all uh, narration. But so all the gods show up to Thor's door and say, Thor, you know, come out here. Odin says, we demand you share your bounty so that we all may live at least another day. And... A, uh, uh, one of uh, Thor's it says one of Thor's concubines comes out and says Thor says no and then walks back in and Heimdall at this point he's the one who kind of let uh, Enchantress and Loki pass through the Bifrost obviously Loki tricked him to let him pass but he says hey I saw Loki with the Enchantress last and they're all like Loki and so you know now they know it's Loki and they say Loki you gotta go get the Enchantress back and he's like ah crap so he has to go he rescues the Enchantress and uh but now they're in the thick of it right there's frost giants chasing him so thor has to show up again and wreck these frost giants which was great and so at this point they make it back the enchantress is safe she's tending to the apples again and, and odin says thor thor why dost thou retreat stay celebrate allow your kin to toast your glorious feet he says nay father some of us have been killing giants today and aren't in the mood to have a tea party and uh basically odin says like huh well this isn't gonna this isn't gonna lead to good like this isn't a good thing for thor to be this way to be so uh rude and so odin said the last quote in this issue is bad days are coming and so then that that ends the first one shot which is again i i like this one i would say of all the one shots this one's my favorite uh, because I like the parable aspect of it, the fact that there are, you know, the frost giants are tricking the gods and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but so the second one, Reign of Blood, is the twenty the era of the 23rd Ragnarok, and it's the exact same thing. The first, the first uh, instance is a story about how Odin fell in love with a frost giant way back when, and now this frost giant is kind of coming back and uh, gets killed. Odin kills the frost giant. And there's nothing about Thor. Very little about Thor in this one other than I think Thor... No, he doesn't even assist in, in killing this frost giant. But then the second one is uh, a little bit more about the enchantress really wanting a this dwarven necklace that's being built. And she really wants it. She thinks it's beautiful, but no one will let her have it. And, and Odin even rips it off of her. And she's like, no, like you can't have this. And she loses her mind. And so she sends a curse uh, across the land so that all who are dead come up and become living to attack the living, basically, basically like a zombie apocalypse. And so the rest of this issue is Thor trying to fight off these zombies, uh, basically just skeletons, war skeletons. And it's cool. It's a huge fight. He ends up piloting this uh, blood colossus, which the art is nuts. It's this giant mechanical beast on Midgard that, oh, man. And uh, some of his horses die in this fight. He has to create a new horse 
and uh, that's the end of it. So at this point, though, it's at the very end of this, it says, Odin the Allfather prepared his heart for war because uh, the god of thunder truly had storms inside of him, and woe unto man for calling them out. His son had to be stopped. Odin knew this, uh, and unto the father would fall the sins of the son is what it says. So this is basically kind of teeing you up to... The final, the third uh, one shot of this where uh, he kind of fights Thor. So the third one is Man of War. And uh, same thing, the story in this is Odin basically saying, you know what, at this point, Thor needs to be stopped. Uh, he's gone kind of mad with power. He's incredibly arrogant. He's only cares about himself. And so he has the Valkyrie fight Thor. And at this point, Thor's already fighting these undead zombies. And the Valkyries start fighting him as well. And he's like, I'll take you all on. But then he has to tag team with the Valkyrie to fight a giant monster. And by the end of this, he says, you know, Odin's like, well, that didn't work. So I guess I'm just going to have to do this myself, basically. And so the second half of this is a huge fight between Odin and Thor, except Odin is in the destroyer armor. And he, he's got the uh, the Odin sword of Asgard. And this fight is even bigger than the other fights. And he just wrecks Thor. Thor wrecks him. And so by the end of this giant fight, this is where we get it. So this is kind of the, the retelling. And so uh, they're, uh, Odin's basically beating the crap out of him. And Thor's like, kill me. Just end this right now. And he's like, kill you and free you from your prison of arrogance? You are the favored son of Odin, brave beyond compare and noble as a prince must be. Uh, but he says, you lack humility and casts him out. And in this story, he is known as, uh, he's got a different name uh, because this is during ancient times. So he's not even, this isn't even Donald Blake. His name is Arkin Torson. Uh, and that's the end. And so the very end of this, he says, in short, the man known as Arkin Torson was known for his humanity. He, there's a couple scenes of showing him help. And then Odin, it's just looking and says, it was a start. And then it says the end. And so that's, again, it's the story of some some of the tales of Thor, the tales of Asgard, and how Thor ends up getting cast out due to his arrogance. And then this Thor God-sized special pops up, which I, I'm glad it's included in here. I really enjoyed reading it, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the prior story. So Thor is back in Asgard in this story, so there's no explanation of how he got back. It's just assumed that this is later on. But this story, again, is done by multiple artists, and it centers around Hela and scourge which is a lot like thor ragnarok but it's basically the story of how scourge dies and so you get to see scourge uh, firing his guns and killing just oodles and oodles of the undead and then from there kind of trying to find uh where scourge is, is is thor's quest in this story loki is a woman so this kind of was during that time in comics when loki was a woman so that's where this part it was like okay this is definitely current and so they have to take on hella just a little bit but then boom at the end we get the mike all red art which is so fun to see it you get in the classic thor and uh, we get kind of the story of the Enchantress and how she uh, falls in love with Scourge, just like in the comics. And so by the very end of this story, we see, uh, we find out, okay, they're like, okay, this is how Thor, or how Scourge the Executioner died. And so they're back in the halls of Asgard, and Thor is giving a toast to Scourge the Executioner. And the very last panel of this says, and as long as we live... All sh uh, as long as we all shall live, no one shall ever forget you, Scourge. 
And in the last shot is the Enchantress uh, sitting at the tree where uh, Scourge, I guess, his essence is in. And, and this story is called The Death and Life of Scourge the Executioner. So um, good story. Like I said, it's a, a cool kind of tribute to Scourge. If you liked him in Thor Ragnarok, then it's definitely a fun story to read for sure. Uh, but overall, like I said, I I just, I guess I'm more of a, I'm looking for new stories with Thor at this point. During that time, that was when I was uh, kind of getting back into comics. It was actually a great time for me personally because my local library uh, bought and had almost like any graphic novel you could imagine Marvel-wise. And that so that was before Marvel Unlimited. That was before any of that stuff. So I actually read a. That's when I got almost all of my comic information. So uh, as a quick aside, I guess you could say. So I started collecting and reading comics. I started reading comics at a very young age, uh, but I read a lot of old comics, like the 1960s Spider-Man books. I would get from Barnes and Noble. Uh, and I think I've shared that story before, and just random comics. And and mostly for me, though, my entrance for superheroes and for Marvel was through TV and games. So I, re- I watched the 90s Spider-Man cartoon and uh, played the video games. But then uh, when I was in uh, freshman in high school, I f- my first comics that I actually bought at a store were Civil War, Mark Millar's Civil War in 2006. And so from there, I did Civil War comics, and then we moved to Colorado. And so my that was when I lived in Texas. And then we moved to Colorado, and I found there was a comic shop in town that actually closed like probably a year after I moved there. So I, I kind of stopped collecting comics. I didn't really know what to do. I uh, read. So what was nice, though, was my library in town had comics. So they had graphic novels and single issues, which was just blew my mind. It was we have I was pretty lucky. It's the Douglas County Library and uh, one of the actually wealthiest libraries in the country. So uh, they had they had the means to get all these books. And so I they had this materials request form, too. So if they didn't have a book, you could request it and they would buy it. And so that's how I got my comics reading. So I would any any story that looked interesting to me, whether the library had it or not, I would request it and read it. And so these were some of them. Was like Thor, Ages of Thunder, these stories. Um, so it was kind of my intro into the comics world. That moment where when you're becoming a comics enthusiast, you go, where, am, where should I start? And uh, you fall in love with comics and then you want to devour every single bit of comics. So that current time of two, probably 2006 to 2010, to the comics that came out during that time period, I read almost all of them. So uh, whether that was Thor, Spider-Man, Iron Man, whatever it is, I got them from the library and read them. And so uh, that's kind of how I got my my kicks and my fix. So with Thor... This was a really great story for me at that time because it was an intro to him as a young Thor. This was before uh, Jason Aaron did his young run Thor or young Thor run on his comics. So at that time, it was a perfect story. And so again, I would highly recommend this to anybody who is trying to get into comics, is trying to loves Thor but doesn't know where to start. This is a great series to read. But for somebody who like myself who's read it already and now has read other stories that in my opinion are much better than this like Jason Aaron's and uh, Donnie Cates's is really good right now as well but uh, with that said you know reading it a second time I was a little less impressed 
And that's, again, just because I have, since that time, read so many Thor stories that this one has now fallen lower in the rankings, which, again, doesn't mean it's a bad story. It's a great story. It's just not one of my favorites anymore, and that's okay. You can have favorites at one point in your life and then transition to new ones later on. That's the that's the fun of living and growing and evolving. So with that said, um, those are or those were the comics that we read for this month. And uh, now, I guess, is a, dis- a discussion we should have on what we're going to be doing for April. Now, what I will say is uh, April, um, I guess we'll have some time. But uh, again, I'm closing on my house towards the end of the month. So we may, I'll think about it. And uh, I'm, I've, I've been thinking about doing Original Sin as uh, April's comic, but I just, I don't know because I don't want to stretch myself too thin when um, when we get to it. So I would say as a placeholder for right now, I think I want to reread Original Sin and that will be what we do for April. If that changes though, obviously you guys will know, I will have it as the title of that comic book month. Uh, and, and you'll know it that way. So with that said, we will wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this was interesting for you guys and hopefully you enjoyed reading these stories. Just a really great Thor throwback, uh, and, and fun to read, especially during this quarantine time. Hopefully you guys are finding some great stories to read. Let me know if you find any good ones. I'd love to talk about them, but for comics and cinema, I am your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy reading these stories.